I, the preacher, have been king over Israel and Jerusalem, and I applied my heart to seek and to search out by wisdom all that is done under heaven. It is an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. I have seen everything that is done under the sun. Behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. What is crooked cannot be made straight, and what is lacking cannot be counted. I said in my heart, I have acquired great wisdom, surpassing all who were over Jerusalem before me. And my heart has had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And I applied my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is but a striving after wind. For in much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. I said in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure. Enjoy yourself, but behold, this also was vanity. I said of laughter, it is mad, and of pleasure, what use is it? I searched with my heart to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. I made great works. I built houses and planted vineyards for myself. I made myself gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made myself pools from which to water the forest of growing trees. I brought male and female slaves and had slaves who were born in my house. I had also great possessions of herds and flocks, more than any who had been before me in Jerusalem. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the treasures of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. So I became great and surpassed all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me, and whatever my eyes desire, I did not keep from them. I kept my heart from no pleasure, for my heart found pleasure in all my toil, and this was my reward for all my toil. Then I considered all that my hands had done, and the toil I had expanded in doing it, and behold, all was vanity and a striving after wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun." So I turned to consider wisdom and madness and folly. For what can a man do who comes after the king? Only what has already been done. Then I saw that there is more gain in wisdom than in folly, as there is more gain in light than in darkness. The wise person has his eyes in his head, but the fool walks in darkness. And yet I perceive that the same event happened to all of them. Then I said in my heart, What happens to the fool will happen to me also. Why then have I been so very wise? And I said in my heart, this is also vanity, for of the wise as of the fool there is no enduring remembrance, seeing that in the days to come all will have been long forgotten. How the wise dies just like the fool. So I hated life, because what is done under the sun was grievous to me, for all is vanity and a striving after wind. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me. And who knows whether he will be wise or a fool, yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This also is vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun. Because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not toil for it. This also is vanity and a great evil. What has a man from all the toil and striving of heart with which he toils beneath the sun? For all his days are full of sorrow, and his work is a vexation. Even in the night his heart does not rest. This also is vanity. Let's pray. 
Holy Father, thank you for this opportunity to gather today. Lord, our Holy Spirit, I pray that you just guide our hearts and our minds, that you'd awaken us to the truth. But help us to see the vanity of living life under the sun apart from you, and be awakened to pursue you with our heart, soul, and mind. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Last week we started the book of Ecclesiastes, and he started the first 11 verses, this prophet, this preacher, this teacher, very wise man, who he's kind of like a philosophy teacher. He's pulling you into a conversation to say, look at life. And he said it's, gave his answer right at the beginning, life is meaningless, it's full of vanity, which, which means not that life is meaningless. He's looking at life under the sun apart from God, and he says life is enigmatic, it's really mysterious, it's fleeting, it's wacky. Uh, things happen that we don't understand. Always we see things that are just shocking to us. We, all of us have said at times, I'm shocked by that. And then as you get older, you say, I don't get shocked by anything anymore. And then all of a sudden you see something, and you say, I'm shocked by that, because that's how life is. It's a mystery. It's this, we don't understand how life operates. And so the author of Ecclesiastes, he's trying to figure out and show us, hey, this is how life is under the sun. Very key word, under the sun. Life lived apart from God. It's a very important book to study. It's a very relevant book for our lives. Philip Ryken said this about the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, it's honest about the troubles of life. You're going to see that as we go through the book of Ecclesiastes. He says, we'll learn what will happen to us if we choose what the world system tries to offer instead of what God has given us. That's what he's talking about. He says, the book of Ecclesiastes, the biggest and hard questions that people have today. All the questions of why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? The book of Ecclesiastes will help us as Christians to worship the one true God And it teaches us to live for God, not not just for ourselves. And one of I think one of the very helpful parts of Ecclesiastes in today's culture, with people you work with, and maybe you, is the book of Ecclesiastes promotes a big view of God, who is much more eager eager to handle your questions than you give him credit for. He's much more willing to take on your big questions. I mean, he wrote a whole book and gave us a whole book that says, this is how life is, and life is very confusing. It's very mysterious. It's got all kinds of questions about it. Bring your questions to me, is what the book of Ecclesiastes says. But this passage, this part of Ecclesiastes, now is kind of a biographical outlook of a person who is writing the book, who taught us these things, who's trying to teach us these things. And he confronts a great myth in this section. C.S. Lewis, in one of his articles, he he titled it The Funeral of a Great Myth, which I think is a great title. And that's what the author of Ecclesiastes is doing in this passage. He's he's saying there's a great myth out there that if we're not careful, we're all going to believe. And he says, I'm going to show you why there's this funeral to this great myth, and I want to put the myth to death for you. And the, the myth is that true commit, contentment can be found in life under the sun. That the true satisfaction can be found in life lived under the sun. And he actually says true contentment cannot be found 
in life under the sun, which is life apart from God. There are all kinds of studies that say that people are less happy today than ever before. We live almost in the Disneyland of the world in America. And we are filled with unhappy people, greatly distressed, greatly anxious, and very cynical. There's actually a whole generation of people called the millennials who were born in 1980 and above who have been called the most cynical, it's a very broad brush, most cynical generation that's ever lived. They don't trust anything because they've seen everything and they don't believe that there's anything that really gives purpose. So who is this guy? Who's the guy that helps us through? And in Ecclesiastes, he, he gives the first introduction of his life and says, this is meaningless. Life is meaningless. And then he says... I'll tell you why I'm a good guide to help you see this. And I want to pull you along with me. I'm not going to give you the answers. I'm going to pull you along with me as a philosophy teacher and say, hey, look at this. Follow this path because I followed that path. I walked down that road and I'll tell you where it's going to go. So you don't have to go down that way, but you're going to come with me and I want you to see it. And he says, this is how you know that I'm qualified. He said, I'm, I was unbelievably wise. He had absolute great wisdom. And he's, it was not Solomon that wrote this. It was a, Solomon's teachings that he's trying to show. That he's saying, I'm absolutely qualified because I was given great wisdom. And he has an enormous amount of wisdom. But he says in verse 18 of chapter 1, For in what much wisdom is much vexation. And he who increases knowledge increases sorrow. Which right at the start, he says, intellectualism, education, is not going to solve the problems of the meaning of life. And we've been told for generations and decades that education is where it is at. And he says, it's not where it's at. Because really, you're not going to find your complete satisfaction in education. Because really, just the more you know, the more sad you get. Because you know the more mysteries of life, the more difficulties of life. He says that's vexation. And so right at the beginning, he gives his answer. He says, I applied my heart to know these things. And they're saying they're vanity of vanity. It's just meaningless. Life under the sun is meaningless. He basically is saying, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. I try, and I try, and I try, and I try. The Rolling Stones wrote that song and sang that song in 1965. But every generation since that knows that song. It's rated the top rock, number two rock songs in the history of rock music. I can't get no satisfaction. Why is that? Why does every generation resonate with that song? Because everybody is saying, as I look at my life left to myself, I can't get no satisfaction. I try and I try and I try. And Kohelet, or the author, the philosophy teacher, the preacher, is saying, that's life under the sun, and I'm very well qualified to take you there because I'm extremely wise. I had access to all opportunities to do it. I could accomplish it. I had all the skill to do it. And he said, so this was my strategy. Because I had all the opportunities to pursue this, these tracks of life under the sun, here's the strategies that I took. And he says in verse chapter 2, he says, I said in my heart, come now. Now I'm going to test this. 
Because I've been given a special opportunity to explore. I, nothing is going to stop me. I have all resources in my hand. I'm going to explore it all. And I'm going to call you to come with me. So I'm going to test this out. I'm going to try to find satisfaction in life under the sun. And the first thing he says is, I'm going to try pleasure. He says, so I tested myself. and Enjoy yourself. Comedy. Laughter. He says, that's what I'm going to do. It seems like you're laughing. That's got to be a good thing. But we know this by now. Laughter in itself does not bring satisfaction. Because you can laugh and laugh and laugh and forget what you laughed at. Because if everything is funny, then nothing is really funny. And most comedians know this. The the funniest people we know live sad lives. If you look at all the great comedians, many of the great comedians of our day and in past generations, Peter Sellers, John Candy, Chris Farley, and Robin Williams, some of the funniest people you could possibly know who love to laugh and they make us laugh, died tragic deaths and they lived in great depths of depression. They had this great ability, this great talent to make people laugh and to see the funny things of life. But their lives themselves were just sheer terror and depression and no satisfaction at all. Billy Graham in one of his books talked about, uh, he was at this uh, uh, hotel and he was sitting out in the bar area and this guy came out and he was just all depressed and having a terrible day and somebody said to him, hey, you should go listen to this comedian. Who's on stage up here? You should go listen to him. He'll lift your spirits. He'll be really good. And the guy got up and he said, that's not going to help me because I am that comedian. That's laughter left to itself. Pleasure. He says, I'm going to try pleasure. I'm going to try to find joy in just enjoying life. And he found it very empty and vain. And you can just go home and Google comedians and their backstories And you're going to realize that most of them have come to that same conclusion. You're not going to find satisfaction in life just in laughter alone. Proverbs 14, 13 says, Even in laughter the heart may ache, and the end of joy may be grief. So pleasure is not going to get you. He's saying, come follow me. Try it out if you want, or you can listen to me. And just filling your life up with pleasure and laughter isn't going to give you satisfaction. So he says, I know, we'll try wine, we'll try alcohol, which seems to be, in the course of our world, the direction you go. You grow up, you're told that if you just can get to be 21, and if you can just drink, then life's going to really happen. And this is not an attack on is drinking or is it not drinking a good or bad thing or a right or wrong thing. He's saying, he looked at alcohol and said, I've got to find some satisfaction in life. And what he said is, I'm going to go all out in every area. And laughter didn't work for him, so he said, I'll try alcohol, try wine. And this is not somebody who's just drinking. This is someone who says, I'm going to try to see if this solves my problems. This is talking about drinking alcohol in such a way where you're going to use it as a way to lift your spirits. And a way to endure life. 
which we know all kinds of people around them. Maybe you do. I met some recently who told me very honestly, he's going through a difficult situation, and he goes, I'm trying to get through life. I, I drink too much. I do too many drugs. But that's how I'm trying to cope with life. Trying to find satisfaction in life. And listen, if you are under 21, the world says that this is the way you're really going to be finding pleasure. You're really going to be satisfied if you go down this road of drinking hard, covering up your pain, and living fast. And they'll say, hey, church is irrelevant. Church is filled with hypocrites. You come to the bar, hang out with us. There's no hypocrites at bars. Really? I've been told that by so many teenagers. I just look at them and think, wow, really? That's why you don't like half of them that are there anyway. That's why you're not all in the strength. You're arguing. There's bar fights. I mean, it's been a while since people have been slitting the wrists outside church on the way out fighting each other. This did not provide him satisfaction. And all through these, people have tried this. And listen, there are people who have told me, man, Paul, I was out at this party in the cornfields. I woke up, didn't know where I was at, how my friends were laying around there. It was great. You can also drive around every cornfield in this area and see little crosses from people who are trying to find satisfaction and covering their pain by alcohol. And Kohelith says, the preacher says, you're not going to find it in that kind of pleasure. You're not going to find it in laughter. You're not going to find it in finding something to numb the pain of life. Alcohol, drugs. It's not going to be found that way. So he says, okay, I'm going to keep moving on. I'll try money. So I'll build things. I'll make lots of possessions. I'll gather things. So he made great works. He built houses, planted vineyards, and made gardens and parks. And this isn't just your little community garden in the backyard. This is massive city parks he was making. People will say, well, Paul, you know, wait a second. Uh, before you get off the party scene there with the laughter and the drinking, you know, maybe this guy didn't know how to party. Maybe he really didn't know how to have a good time. He knew how to have a good time. There was nothing that stopped him. He had access to all resources to figure that out. So he tries money, building things and gathering things, and he's got everything. And it still didn't satisfy. And this is more than just gathering. I mean, he's making parks, which means he's into philanthropy. He's, he's trying to gather money and give it out. And he's thinking, maybe if I build things and help other people and serve the community and give them great places for the children to play, maybe they'll name it after me. Maybe if I do that, maybe through this, this great lifestyle and this very just philanthropy lifestyle, I, I'll find satisfaction in that. And he doesn't find it there either. So pleasure isn't doing it for him. Possessions isn't doing it for him. Power is not doing it for him. And so he says, sex has got to be the way. Sex has got to be the way. So he says, I had also, I had gathered to myself silver and gold and the treasures of kings and provinces. I got singers, both men and women, and many concubines, the delight of the sons of man. I gathered as many women as I possibly could have, have as much sex as I could possibly have, and as much creative ways as I could possibly have to see if that's going to find me satisfaction. That's what our world says 
right now. We are a sex-crazed society. And you say, wow, I could never be like that. Yeah, in our day and age, it is a click of a computer or your screen and every possible scenario of pleasure, suppose a pleasure will come up for you to find satisfaction. Every delight of man is possible. But is he as satisfied in that? No. Sex lived under the sun, apart from God, does not satisfy. He said, how do you know that? Because I go shopping. And I walk into the shopping alley, I'm getting to check out, and every magazine, for as long as I can remember, shows, hey, how to have the best sex now. And then the next a month from now, how to have the best sex now. If that was the best one then, how could it get any better? People aren't satisfied. They're looking and looking for satisfaction. And this is what he's saying. This is real life. This is where people are living and saying, laughter is not doing it for me. Alcohol is not doing it for me. Money isn't doing it for me. Sex isn't going to do it for me. How am I going to find satisfaction? And you think, man, if I just had the opportunity, this guy was a joke. He didn't know how to handle his opportunity. If I had the opportunity to go after all that stuff and get all that stuff, I would figure it out. That guy was 3,000 years ago, Paul. That was old. They didn't have pleasure 3,000 years ago. What about today? Well, in 2009, 60 Minutes did an interview with Tom Brady. And whatever you think of Tom Brady now, who is the New England Patriots quarterback, makes $50 million for playing football, has won four Super Bowls, and in 2009, he had three Super Bowls. He's married to a, he has lots of power. He's married to a supermodel. Has everything going from him. It's kind of the American story. He wasn't picked first. Kind of went up to the ranks. You can watch him play this afternoon, I think. But this is what he said in 2009 when they were interviewing him. He said, when they're questioning him, and the report says, we were surprised to hear this by Tom Brady, who had all the money, all the power, and a supermodel wife. He says, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that there is something greater out there for me? He's not satisfied. Why is it that I've got all this money, all these things that I thought this is what I wanted, and I still feel like there's something that's not out there. That there still should be something more. Because those things under the sun don't satisfy. And many people miss this. And maybe though, a moment you're here sitting there, that's right, Paul, that's right. Yeah, laughter's not going to have it. Alcohol's not going to have it. Money's not going to have it. Fame's not going to have it. I agree with that. Listen, you can have the right answer, and that still not be the real answer. Everybody can sit here and agree with me, but deep down you might be thinking, maybe hey, you know, that's right, but oh, I wish, I wish money would give me some satisfaction. The real desire of my heart is just to be known. The real desire of my heart is just to have as many girls as I can have. The many desires of my heart is just to live life in fun. I may know the right answer, but the real answer of my heart as I'm trying to find satisfaction under the sun. The real answer and the right answer aren't always the right thing. And I would just plead with you this morning that maybe 
Maybe you've walked down or are starting to walk down some of these alleys that the preacher of Ecclesiastes is. And the magnetic pool of that is very strong in your life. And you know you're getting sucked down there, trying to find satisfaction. And you're hearing me now, and for a moment you've got some clarity, and you're saying, that's not real. But it sure feels real on a Tuesday afternoon. That's not real, but it sure still feels right on Friday night. Turn around. Pull yourself back. Speak to me. Speak to someone in our church. Find somebody who can say, help me get away from this magnetic pool because it is fun. Ecclesiastes, he never says that these things aren't fun. He never says that there's a moment of pleasure in them. But he says they're not real. They're not satisfying. They're not going to fulfill you like Scripture tells us can be filled in Jesus Christ and living life the way God wants us to live. But then he says this. There's a little glimmer of hope. He says, as I look at all these things, I'm, I, I, I'm not finding satisfaction in anything But I did notice one thing. I noticed that the wise person is better than the fool. I I noticed that it's, it's better to be wise than a fool. But so many people miss this. Because when you're pursuing pleasure all the time, the wisdom just misses you. you. You think you don't have to be responsible. You don't think you have to practice. You don't think you have to do the things you're called to do. And he says, listen, it's a mess. There's no satisfaction. But wise people are better off than fools. But that doesn't really help us out either. Because there is a straitjacket that can't be avoided. He tried all these different strategies to figure out where he can get some satisfaction. And he says, there's a problem with all of it. Even though you can be wise, which is better than me and a fool, there is a straitjacket that I just can't escape. And that it doesn't matter if you're wise or you're a fool, everybody dies. You're all going to die. I'm going to die. The wise person is going to die. The fool's going to die. So what's the point? Life under the sun will not bring me any satisfaction. Even if I'm highly successful above everything else, I'm still going to die. I was talking to somebody not too long ago who is in the process of dying, who's lived his life under the sun. And he said to me, Yeah, but I'm okay, Paul. I I, I had a good life. I'm content. But he's really not content. What he's content with is no longer struggling in the straitjacket of life. There was a magician this week in Ohio who was up in this um, Houdini trap or in the water, and he was supposed to release himself from the handcuffs, and he, he didn't do it very well. He couldn't get out. They actually had to rescue him from it. You see him struggling and struggling and struggling, and there's a point when they realize he can't do it, and he can't do it, and he just stops. And he's almost like, I struggled and I struggled and now I'm just going to be content with the end result, which is I'm going to die in this contraption. So when people tell you, hey, I've had a good life, I've struggled, and they live life apart from God, and they say, but I'm content, and they will say it with a big smile and a deep sigh. The truth is, what they're content with is not life. What they're content is to say, you know what, I'm done struggling. I'm just going to die. That's the straitjacket, he says, it can't be avoided. But then he says, hey, maybe there's one more thing. And this might be where some of you are. 
You were all with me, saying, yeah, I, 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 laughter's not it, Paul. Uh, alcohol, that ain't it. Money, I know that's not it. Buildings, I know that's it. Sex, I know that's not going to bring me satisfaction. I know that we're in a straight jacket. I know we're going to die someday. I understand that. But he brings in one more thing that he says, hey, maybe. And I would say this is kind of the sleight of hand that we all often try. He says, I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun, seeing that I must leave it to the other man who will come after me. He talks about toil after toil after toil. And he says, I would say often, if we're not careful, we use our work as a way to avoid the realities of life. We are Midwest people who work hard. We work long hours. We expect other people to work long hours. We can't understand when other people don't work long hours. We say, I'm really happy when I'm working. That's where I find my satisfaction. But the truth is, you know you don't. Because you can work hard all your life, and some idiot may profit from it. You can build up a business. Your son can take it over, bankrupt it in a matter of months. And it's all toil, he says. Your family can be driving you crazy so you can go to work and spend extra hours at work thinking, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm providing for my family. I'm going to work hard and end up in toil and nothing. It's, I think, the sleight of hand that even Christians try to figure out life when it's going difficult. Try to find some satisfaction apart from God. Life under the sun. Tim Keller said, sin is not just doing bad things, but it's the making of good things into ultimate things. If you try to make laughter, alcohol, money, buildings, sex, philanthropy, doing good, work, if you try to make that your satisfaction, you'll be sad. Those things were never meant to be the ultimate things of our life. But life under the sun says that's all there is. That is life under the sun. And there are moments of pleasure in those things. There are moments of pleasure. But we know all kinds of people who would love to have everything Tom Brady has. And instead of doing it in 10 years, they spend 50 years trying to build that up. And there's no difference between them. There's absolutely no difference in the, and the Preacher of Ecclesiastes is saying, that's just all there is. That's life under the sun. I've tried it all. I've gone down every alley. I've experienced everything. Looking for any type of satisfaction. Come with me. Check it out yourself. See if it's true. And if you find that I am right, turn back. Don't stay down that road. Because we are all looking for something that will find us deep satisfaction. C.S. Lewis says we are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. The iPhone 6 just came out, and Jimmy Kimmel this week said, hey, let's just go prank some people. So what they did was they went to the streets and they took out the original iPhone and they handed it to people and they said, hey, what do you think about it? This is the new iPhone 6. Check it out. And all these people looked at it and said, this is amazing. Look at this thing. It's got all these contraptions. This is amazing. 
And at the end of it, they thought they were getting this great gift. It's not the iPhone 6, it's the old iPhone 6. And Jimmy Kimmel, he said on his show, we are now programmed to feel like if we don't get the new one, we are missing out on something. But we have to drive to find, and we're so easily pleased and so easily fooled. And the preacher is saying, don't be easily pleased and don't be easily fooled. Test it out. Check it out. Give me one more reference to see that this is just the reality of life. The Blackhawks, Daniel Carcilio, retired from the Chicago Blackhawks this week. And the reason that he black, these guys have money. These are the superheroes. These are the, the preachers of living the lifestyle that Ecclesiastes is talking about. They have access. They have opportunities to do all these things that we, we want to do. But he retired, and in his retirement speech, he said this. Why he retired is, my mission is to help guys who are dealing with anxiety, depression, and uncertainty about their future. Other athletes who are at the top of the charts as far as our culture is concerned. If you can get there, you can have power, you can have money, you can have all the things that you want that it says in Ecclesiastes. And he's saying, I'm retiring Because I know a bunch of them that have anxiety, are depressed, and have uncertainty about their future because they're not getting satisfaction in all these things. That's life under the sun. Go home, read the newspaper today, and you'll see life under the sun over and over and over again. But the teacher wants us to be sad about that. He wants us to look at our life and say, life under the sun, it does make me sad that I can't find satisfaction. What's the answer? When they interviewed Tom Brady in 2009, after he said that, the interviewer said to him, well, what's the answer? And Tom Brady said, I wish I knew. I wish I knew where to find satisfaction. You don't find it in things. You find it in a person. John 14, 6, said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he said, in verse 25 and 26, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace. I leave with you my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. If you are looking for satisfaction in life under the sun, you're not going to find it there. But if you look to the sun, if you look to Jesus Christ, a person who is wisdom, the Bible says you will find it. You will find peace. You will learn to have peace. It will be something that will be given to you. There is no gain in life under the sun, but there is great gain in Jesus Christ. Look to Christ. And maybe, maybe even as a Christian, you're heading down a road and you know that it's a road where you're trying to find some contentment apart from Jesus Christ this morning, repent and run back. And maybe you know somebody this week who's living life this way. 
I would encourage you to have the courage to take these few passages that I just read and say, give that to them. And say, listen, read this and tell me what you think about it. And let's have a conversation. Apart from Christ, there is no gain. In Christ, there is great gain. Life in the Son is much greater than life under the Son. Pursue Jesus Christ this week in your relationship and in your relationship with others. The darkest day in history was over All was lost on the cross You gave it all What went wrong This couldn't be the end of heaven's story Cause you came to save To beat the grave Three days and now they're looking for your body But you were gone You say